Welcome, everybody, in another episode of the Wrestling vs. The World Podcast. If you're enjoying your day, sweet. If not, oh, what the hell ever. So, finally, today, it is time to get the third and final part done of this trilogy covering the WWE career of Chris Jericho. Take it in, man. <laughs> I know I shouldn't have done that, but anyway, let's cover everything from his 2012 to 2018 part-time on and off runs here. As 2011 started to draw to a close, vignettes started to air on television about a return on the January 2nd, 2012 edition of Raw being the end of the world as we know it, and their return ended up being the return of Chris Jericho, who started to debut his new light-up jacket. But of course, on his return night, Jericho would troll the crowd by not addressing them upon his return, instead just playing into the reactions, bumbling back like, yeah, I'm back, woohoo, before returning backstage. His first promo would not happen for a couple weeks after that until the January 23rd, 2012 edition of Raw, where all he stated was that at the Royal Rumble, it will be the end of the world as you know it. And I feel fine. <laughs> yeah, I did bring up that reference. However, that same week, Jericho would take part in the Royal Rumble match and would end up being the runner-up to Sheamus, which I believe was rumored that Jericho was supposed to win, but then when fans expected it, they changed plans, so because of that, Jericho would be the runner-up. Following night... Jericho would solidify himself on screen as a heel by attacking CM Punk following a match with Daniel Bryan, with his motivations being that he's sick of people being Chris Jericho wannabes, and CM Punk, of course, being the biggest offender due to his best-in-the-world moniker, compared to Jericho's I'm-the-best-in-the-world-at-what-I-do phrase. Jericho would also take part in the WWE Championship Elimination Chamber match at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, but would be taken out of the match due to a kayfabe injury after being knocked out of the chamber structure and slamming into the floor. Following night, Jericho would be fine enough to take part in a 10-man battle royal and would win to get a shot at CM Punk's WWE Championship at WrestleMania. Now, during the feud, Jericho would start to get personal with Punk by bringing up addiction issues that plagued Punk's family, including his father struggling with alcoholism and his sister being a recovering drug addict. And Jericho vowed that when he would win the WWE Championship from CM Punk, it would cause him to fall into the same vice, especially alcoholism, that's been plaguing his family over the years, and Punk even fooled Jericho at one point into thinking he was drinking backstage, and Jericho forced him into one of those field sobriety tests in the ring. Despite all this, Jericho would fail to win the WWE Championship, WWE Championship at WrestleMania from CM Punk, even with the stipulation being that the title could change hands via disqualification. Feud would continue after this going into extreme rules, even with a moment where CM Punk had a bottle of Jack Daniels, which was actually tea, and a bottle of, well, that was breakaway glass, being poured over Punk's head after a match in the build for the pay-per-view. Punk would also go on to retain the WWE Championship at Extreme Rules in his Chicago street fight against Jericho, with some moments in the match being similar to Jericho's match that he had at Unforgiven 2008, being like where Punk countered the Walls Jericho with a fire extinguisher and the flying double drop off the top rope through the announce table. Now, after failing to win the World Heavyweight Championship in the Fatal 4-Way match against Sheamus, Randy Orton and Alberto Del Rio at Over the Limit, Jericho would then attack Randy Orton the following night on Raw to start their feud for No Way Out. However, plans would be completely dropped that week after Jericho was suspended for 30 days for kicking the Brazilian flag at a live event, which is actually a federal crime, so he was served, forced to serve a 30-day suspension after this. Upon his return, Jericho would take part in the Money in the Bank ladder match, which of course he would lose again. And after this, Jericho would turn babyface by getting into a feud with the new winner of the SmackDown edition of the Money in the Bank ladder match, Mr. Dolph Ziggler. Both men would face off one-on-one -on -one at SummerSlam, which Dolph would, of course, lose to Jericho. And the following night on Raw, Jericho would lose the rematch to Ziggler, where the match had two stipulations being the winner gets Dolph Ziggler's Money in the Bank contract, 
But if Jericho lost, he would, his WWE contract would be terminated, and Jericho would, of course, lose, because in storyline, he needed to be ran away, because in real life, he was taking time to tour with his band Fozzie. Several months later, Jericho would return in the 2013 Royal Rumble match, entering into number two and even lasting over 47 minutes, but was eliminated by Dolph Ziggler in the match. Jericho would also fail to win the Elimination Chamber match the following, following pay-per-view to try to go for the World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania 29. Now, Jericho's next program was one that Jericho was not fully fond of, where he had to feud with Fandango, who had been debuting on TV saying that he would not have matches because ring announcers were not pronouncing his name right. That's not how you pronounce my name. So Jericho would get under his skin, would intentionally, repeatedly mistranslate and mispronounce Fandango's name, similar to how he did to Santino Morello when he returned in late 2007. Jericho would lose the match to Fandango in the WrestleMania 29 encounter, but would get his win back the following pay-per-view in the rematch at Extreme Rules. Jericho would also become CM Punk's impromptu opponent, well, kind of impromptu opponent, at Payback, and would lose to CM Punk, who was making his return after taking a few months off after WrestleMania 29 for a hiatus, which then pretty much rushed Punk back without his consent. He would also feud with Ryback going into Money in the Bank, and after losing to Ryback at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, he would get written off due to an attack by Ryback on, it was either Raw or SmackDown, and they did this in order for Jericho to once again take time away to tour with Fozzie. Now, you would think it would be a bit of a brief time away, but Jericho would actually be gone for almost a year following this attack. Jericho would not return until the June 30th, 2014 episode of Raw by attacking The Miz, who would return that same night, only to then be targeted by the Wyatt family, starting feud with Chris Jericho and Bray Wyatt. Br Jericho would go on to defeat Bray Wyatt at Battleground, lose to him at SummerSlam, and then lose to him on the September 8th, 2014 episode of Raw in a steel cage match to close their three-match feud there. Jericho would also later on feud with Randy Orton for a little bit, lose to him at Night of Champions, and then would be gone for a few months following this. Jericho would return on the December 15, 2014 episode of Raw to be the guest GM, and fans would vote for it what match stipulation he would have with Paul Heyman, which were three different kinds of, well, almost three different kinds of no DQ matches, and fans would vote for Paul Heyman and Jericho to take part in a street fight, only for the match to not happen due to Brock Lesnar returning and attacking Chris Jericho to save his, his manager, or whatever name Paul keeps giving himself for like, managing Brock Lesnar. Jericho's then-television time following this would start to become more limited due to him committing more time to Fozzie and trying to get into acting. Jericho would, would also be one of the hosts for the sixth season of Tough Enough in May 2015 and would also take part in the Beast in the East event in Tokyo, defeating Neville in a one-on-one -on -one match. Jericho would also be the mystery tag team partner for Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose at Night of Champions against the Wyatt Family, the infamous night where the fans jumped in the ring dressed like the Shield members, and Jericho would be the one to take the fall after passing out to Braun Strowman's lifting triangle chokehold that Strowman was using for his mission during the time. Now, the following year, in 2016, Jericho would take part in the Royal Rumble match again, and would last over 50 minutes. So yeah, he's really become Iron Man, Man, Iron Man of the Royal Rumble. His next program would see him start to form a brief team with AJ Styles, forming the name Y2AJ. After failing to defeat Styles at Fastlane and losing to the New Day in a tag match on the March 7, 2016 episode of Raw, Jericho would dissolve the team and turn heel by attacking AJ Styles. So Jer it was all out of jealousy because Jericho was tired of fans choosing AJ over Jericho. 
Jericho would then defeat AJ Styles at WrestleMania 32 to almost close a feud, but then the next night, the feud would probably end when AJ Styles pinned Chris Jericho in a fatal four match to earn a shot at Roman Reigns' WWE World Heavyweight Championship at Payback. However, Jericho would not be without a feud going in Payback, as then he would start to form a feud with Dean Ambrose, which started because Dean Ambrose completely got the highlight reel replaced with his own talk show, The Ambrose Asylum. So then Jericho would fail to defeat Ambrose in their first pay-per-view encounter after this at Payback. Feud would continue, though, because because around this time, though, they are continuing the feud by saying that Jericho had destroyed Mitch the Plant, which Ambrose, for some reason, drew an emotional attachment to, and Ambrose got his own revenge by destroying Jericho's light-up jacket. So we saw the departure of that after four years. So then, after this, Jericho started to change up his look by including expensive scars for his entrances, and added the whole quirk about calling people stupid idiots, which I believe he started kind of on, on his own a little bit for his WrestleMania match with AJ Styles. Correct me if I'm wrong there. So both men would then compete in an asylum match at Extreme Rules, which was a black mesh steel cage surrounding the ring with weapons all around kind of the top base of the steel cage, win by only pinfall or submission, and Ambrose would win after dropping Jericho onto the thumbtacks and counter a codebreaker, and then hit the Dirty Deeds to win the match and conclude the feud. Now, the following month, Jericho would also once again fail to win the Money in the Bank ladder match, because that was won by Dean Ambrose himself, and at Battleground, Jericho would host the highlight reel to help kind of build the Orton-Lesnar match that was being advertised for SummerSlam, but after getting under Orton's skin and insulting him, boom, RKO, down goes Jericho to conclude the segment. Now, the next phase of Jericho's career, which a lot of people look up finally with, is his team with Kevin Owens, which would start to happen around the time of SummerSlam. Both men would team up and defeat Enzo Amore and Big Cass at the SummerSlam event. And then Jericho would start adding even more quirks to his character by bringing out the list of Jericho where he wrote names of on his list of people that he doesn't like and calling them stupid idiots. And before always putting them on the list, he always claimed, You just made the list! Popular catchphrase, and he also brought up, got over the word it, because somebody's going to get, get what? It. So yeah, he had more quirks, started to get more, have a big resurgence for his career once again. After defeating Sami Zayn later on at Clash of the Champions, Jericho would also help Kevin Owens retain the Universal Championship that same night against Seth Rollins, as well as helping him out the following month at Hell in a Cell. Jericho also took part in Team Raw, as part of Team Raw in the Survivor Series Tag Team Match against Team SmackDown, but Team SmackDown, of course, came out victorious in the 10-man Tag Team Elimination Match. Now, as the year started to end for 2016, on-screen tensions were kind of teased between Owens and Jericho to kind of play mind games against the babyface, with both men questioning their friendship. After Jericho lost to Seth Owens at Roadblock and the line, Jericho would in intentionally interfere and attack Kevin Owens intentionally to end the match via disqualification for his universal title defense against Roman Reigns, so to show that the teasing for tensions and everything was absolute bullshit. Jericho would then... On the January 9, 2017 episode of Raw, win a tail-on-one handicap match with Kevin Owens against Roman Reigns, with Jericho getting the pin to win the United States Championship, marking his first championship run that he had in the WWE since losing the World Heavyweight Championship after WrestleMania 26 to Jack Swagger, and making him a Grand Slam champion based on WWE's new updated format in terms of what championships you have to win to be a Grand Slam champion nowadays. Now, due to Jericho's interferences and everything in Owens' matches, the rule was placed for the Royal Rumble pay-per-view that Jericho would be suspended in a, kind of a shark cage above the ring for the Owens-Roman Reigns no-DQ match for the Universal Championship, but Owens would still retain despite this due to Braun Strowman getting involved and attacking Roman Reigns. 
Jericho would then later be let out of the cage and take part in the Royal Rumble match, lasting over an hour, making it to the final four of the match, and now having set the record because his whole entire combined time in the match concept itself combined lasting over five hours. Absolutely fantastic. Now, this was where everything started to implode, because after this legit on-screen tensions started to come about after Jericho had accepted Goldberg's Fastlane Challenge against Kevin Owens for the Universal Championship on Owens' behalf, which Owens was not happy about. So Jericho decided to make it up to Owens with the infamous Festival of Friendship Ceremony to try to make it up for him, saying that, hey, this time in my career has been the best, you've been a true friend to me and everything, and Owens decided, hey, I got something for you as a present. So then Jericho opens up the box, hey, it's a new list! He's like, wait, why is my name on this? Drops the box, bottom of the box, you see on the back, it says the list of KO. Everybody's heart sank as then Kevin Owens unleashed an unruly attack on Jericho, powerbombing him on the apron, even throwing them into a Jeritron, similar to what we saw Jericho do to Sean back in 2008, thus dissolved, permanently dissolving the Owens and Jericho alliance there. Jericho would, however, make his return at the Fastlane pay-per-view after this to distract Kevin Owens and cost him the Universal Championship in a squash match against Goldberg as a matter of revenge, thus setting up a bigger feud between these two. Now, these two were supposed to have gone for the Universal Championship, and then plans changed because Vince wanted the Universal Championship for the Goldberg-Brock match. So that instead, Jericho and Owens happened at the second match for WrestleMania 33 for the United States Championship, and due to this, and possibly also because of Vince's reaction to the match, because he thought it was shit, as revealed by Kevin Owens, this was a reason for Jericho to start to plan his departure from the WWE. So Jericho and Owens would have the match for the United Sorry, the United States Championship. Owens would win to capture the United States Championship. And then the following pay-per-view at Payback, Jericho would regain the championship from Kevin Owens, only lose it later that same week right back to Owens on SmackDown. Jericho would take a few months off away from WWE, return on the July 25th, 2017 edition of SmackDown, and would take part in a losing effort in a triple threat match against Kevin Owens and AJ Styles for the United States Championship with Jericho to take the pin. Now, after this, Jericho would only make two more in-person televised appearances in WWE. He would return on the Jan in January 2018 as part of the 25th anniversary of Raw, backstage segment with Elias, strumming his guitar, and then putting Elias on the list. Fun moment there. And then Jericho's final in-ring slash in-person WWE appearance would happen a few months later in the 50-man Royal Rumble match at the Greatest Royal Rumble pay-per-view. Failing to win the match despite being the final entrant overall. Since then, Jericho's only appearance within WWE was on the, Ju on the June 27, 2022 episode of Raw as part of a video message to congratulate John Cena on the 20th anniversary of him debuting on the main roster in WWE. So yeah, that's a lot of stuff. Like, this run for the six-year on-and-off run for Jericho was honestly fantastic. I mean, yeah, he was doing a lot of stuff of putting people over, and I know there were some wins that he got that people said he shouldn't have, like when he defeated Bray Wyatt at Battleground. I honestly defend that win just because, like, it means more to defeat somebody if they still have credibility. If he's a person that everybody gets that stigma saying, oh, everybody beats him, then a victory over that person doesn't mean much. So Jericho had to get a win before Bray got a bigger win at an A peer review. But, I mean, this overall run on and off was absolutely fantastic for Jericho, I mean, he reinvented himself with his looks with the light up jacket and the scarves, bringing up calling people stupid idiots and the list of Jericho, a bunch of great matches. I mean, his match with WrestleMania 33 with Owens was solid, kind of a slight hidden gem for the pay-per-view. And he had, what, 
a lot of people easily look at this whole run with WWE for him with great fondness. It's like, yeah, he had taken a bunch of times where he was disappearing because he had other stuff to go to through, but... I mean, he had big re career resurgences by reinventing his character, and it was amazing. If I had to give this a grade, I would say, well, I'll give it an A- because I think if he had a few more, like, memorable matches during this time, I would give it a solid A, so just a slight markdown. Just a slight bit. But overall, an A- for the six-year on-and-off run. Like I said, he had so much of a career resurgence with his characters and everything, and these segments, the Festival of Friendship is one of the greatest segments they ever did in Raw history. And it's like, I gotta applaud Jericho personally for being able to reinvent himself during this, because reinvention is not easy to do in wrestling in order to keep yourself relevant, especially if you reinvent yourself in a way that doesn't get over with the crowd. But, I mean, Jericho did it because he can make just about anything work. So, I mean, that shows the talent that Chris Jericho brings to the world of professional wrestling. So, anyway, that is going to conclude it. All three parts covering Chris Jericho's times within WWE. Let me know you all thought in the comment section below of Chris Jericho's on and off run from 2012 to 2018. And remember, if you enjoyed today's episode, please remember, leave a like. If you're listening to this on YouTube, subscribe with that bell turned on in case YouTube ever actually sends out notifications, because I don't know that for sure. Or if you're listening to this on any other service, please give a follow. Listen to this on like Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anything like that in order to support the podcast. And uh, yeah. I'll catch you all in the next episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Like, comment, subscribe. Peace out, and good day, everybody.